Good morning and welcome to the Jaguar podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Innovation Academy, uh, where school districts throughout the state of North Dakota are learning what innovation looks like, sounds like, and feels like. At Northern Cast, we've got three educators who are participating in seven days of training throughout this school year, and it's a great commitment, and so far has been some wonderful learning. So I'm going to have our participants introduce themselves, tell us what they teach, and then we'll get started talking about what's innovation mean at Northern Cass. Ben Hanish, Middle School Social Studies. Molly Werner, High School Science. Danielle Bussey, Third Grade Math. All right. Thank you guys for participating today. So well, the first question I want to ask, Ben, I'm going to put you on the spot and start with you is what, what's one big takeaway you've had from the Innovation Academy? Maybe it's something you're using in your classroom, something you plan to use, but what's that one thing that you're like, hey, this is really interesting. I'm glad I got to go to this training for that so far. It's one of the big things that I have taken away from this are just all of the uh, different ways that we can utilize uh, a little bit more technology just to connect us all globally. Uh, one of the different uh, things that I'm going to be using is called quad blogging, um, where we will be creating a blog in a class. We get to sign up um, through this website that connects us with other classrooms worldwide, and then we get to read other people's blogs, and we get to help correct those, and they get to correct ours. So it's putting their work on public display while allowing them to correct other people's work besides just the classes that they're in. So just those kind of things, being able to connect globally is something that is really Yes. Very good. Very good. So introduce yourself, Molly. Um, Molly Werner again, high school science. <laughs> um, one of the things I really enjoyed learning about was project-based learning. I had heard the terminology been thrown around a lot, but never really had proper training in it. So it was kind of cool to get to meet with other educators and learn how they do it in their classroom. And I'm actually starting to work on a project we're going to use in my biology class um, making a cancer memorial on our campus. So that'll be kind of fun, just have the kids be able to not only connect to the world, like Ben was saying, but also just to connect more to their community and give back. Very good. What I've really enjoyed is working and talking with other schools across the state. What I've come to realize is we do a lot of really great things at Northern Cast that we can share with them, but I'm also learning a lot from the educators that I'm talking to. And today, actually, a couple of my girls are going to design our classroom layout with using area um, and apply some of the things that I've learned from the Innovation Academy. Awesome. Thank you. And that was Danielle Bussey, one of our third grade educators. Uh, I want you guys to, to share the first training was a lot about artificial intelligence or like kind of the wow factor of what the world's bringing. So if you can bring yourself back to that to remember maybe one of the videos you watched or something that you heard that day, it was like, oh, wow, we, we need to do things differently in our schools because the world's changing. Who wants to be brave and start for that? All right, Danielle, we'll have you start. What, what I remember from that first training is all the different ways that we can be literate in society now. Uh, we got to explore some websites and just the different formats that they were set up. And so it gave us time to reflect as educators. If our learners are able to read, are they literate? But if they can't produce something online, like a blog or an essay even, are they literate? So it's really cool just to see the different types of formats to basically validate that your technology literate. 
Yeah, so literacy is no longer about I can put a pen to paper and make a sentence. Mm -hmm. It's really the definition of literacy is changing, which means the way we teach literacy, the way we teach reading and writing changes too. Good. Molly, how about you? One of the scariest things I heard about was just that everyone's job can pretty much be replaced by technology. Um, so we need to teach our learners how to develop these skills so that businesses will think that they're important enough and better than a robot. So what can we have our learners do now that will prepare them for that later is huge and a little terrifying as an educator. <laughs> Very good. Ben, how about you? I guess I'm going to piggyback on that as well. Uh, we watched a video that showed how you know, when you say, well, jobs are starting to be replaced by technology, people automatically think, you know, the Amazon jobs or the warehouse jobs. But then it moves on to say, well, here are some doctor's jobs that are being taken over by WebMD, or here is um, a lawyer's job being taken over by a computer who's writing just the very basic depositions. That here's a journalist's job that's getting taken over by a computer as well. So it's not just these simple jobs, it's now jobs where creativity is actually part of it as well. So that was really interesting to see. So. Yeah, I mean, if you guys remember, we did an activity uh, about teaching because that, that was the one thing everybody said, well, you can't take away teaching. And if you remember, we made a list of, I think it was 10 things, and we found out that really robots or somebody cheaper than a teacher could do nine of those things. And it was kind of an eye opener, and it certainly wasn't to get rid of teachers. But it was this idea of like we need to start approaching how we do our work differently. That that part keeps sticking with me. Um, we're reading a book, Ted Dinner Smith, what what school could be. I'm interested in maybe what's a takeaway from the book as we've been reading, you know, through that we're probably halfway through or so. So Molly, would you be willing to share or start with us? Like what's one of your takeaways from the book? One of the big themes I think that I keep seeing repeating is just that the learners can access information and a thousand different ways. Um, we don't need to stand up there and tell them things. They can go out and find the things. Um, and then also just to touch base more with other educators in your building, do more cross-curricular things. There was a school I was reading about that has an environmental science class that's working with an English class, and the kids can get credit in both classes at the same time. So I just think there's a lot of really cool opportunities with things like that, especially at a small school where it's easier to do those things. Absolutely. Ben, how about you? Yes, for me, uh, if you haven't read the book, there's just it's some information from Ted Dennisworth and then a bunch of different examples from schools. So just looking at all these different schools that are doing innovative things, and I know innovative education is kind of scary for people. It's a change, and change is terrifying, but we're not the only ones, and we're not even close to the only ones for schools that have been doing it for years. And so just being able to now uh, read about those schools and then have the ability to reach out and question and try to learn from them as well, that's kind of what I've so far taken away from the book. Good. Danielle, how about you? My one big takeaway of the book is if you teach traditionally, you're going to lose your learners. Mm -hmm. They need to be involved and you need to innovate and make learning exciting for them. Good. So, you know, one of the things I get a chance to go around to other schools, I get a chance to speak uh, and, and hear from other administrators. And the one thing I hear from a lot of, of our, our school size or smaller is, innovation can be done in, in fancy buildings in big schools. You gotta have a new school, you gotta have the new the newest device, you've gotta be able to call it STEM. Do you guys agree with that? I mean, what, has, has the academy dispelled that myth at all for you? No, I'll let anybody jump in on this one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't agree with the fancy schools are the only ones that can do it. I actually think that the smaller schools, you know, the better opportunity to do it because you don't have as much to change. Not as many people you have to reach out to. You don't have as many 
um, educators that you have to convince. The communities are normally more involved within the smaller communities so that you can get the information out a little bit easier. You're able to work, I think, a lot better within a small uh, school setting. Your educators can work together a little bit easier. So for me, I think innovation really can start in the rural schools and the smaller schools and really have an impact on what happens in our state. I think it's one's definition of innovation. Innovation doesn't have to be this big extravagant thing. It's making little changes every day that it could be considered innovation that people don't always think about. So, Good. Molly, anything to add? Yeah, I think the beauty of a small school, like at our school I'm the only one who teaches biology. So if I want to do something cool in biology, I just do it. And I don't have to convince three other educators, like I promise this is the best way, I know this is going to work. And then also, if it happens to not work that well, I can troubleshoot it really fast and fix it. And I don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, I just ruined this for four other educators. They're never going to let me do anything ever again. So you can take those risks. Um, and then you can get the rewards faster, too. And you can see your students get really engaged really quickly. And it's fun to see. Good. Very good. So I want you guys to kind of take on the role of as a leader, because that's really what you are. You're one of, um, you know, not a, more than 50 educators that are in this group in the whole state that are getting trained. Uh, if somebody said, I don't, I just, I just don't know where to get started. It causes me so much anxiety. I'm so freaked out. I, I just, I just don't know where to start. I want you to give somebody, an educator who, who might be listening to our podcast, what's the one thing that you would tell them to do to be, and again, quotes, innovative? Ben, I'm going to put you on the spot first, and then I'll go to Danielle, and then to Molly, yeah. I guess, um, for me, I was I was kind of at that same spot, um, and all I did was, I went to YouTube. I went to YouTube, and I just searched up, I'm huge in the project-based learning, and so I just searched up project-based learning, and just looked at videos, and then went and looked up blogs from other teachers that are doing um, project-based learning, and so... Where to start, maybe you have to learn about what it is first. So those are the easiest ways for me. Luckily, with the Innovation Academy, we now have more people that are trained um, or will be trained across the state, and it's going to keep growing and growing. So we'll have more resources locally instead of just having to go online. Um, but I guess for me, that's where I would start. Very good. Danielle? Piggybacking off of Ben a little bit, he said you have to understand what it means, and that kind of goes with my last response, is innovation doesn't have to be this big, extravagant thing, especially right away. My advice to an educator who wants to work with innovation in their classroom is find a good support system. Find a few other educators who are willing to listen to your ideas and who are willing to listen to you when they fail and you need the shoulder to cry on. But a good support system is something I would highly recommend. And that's one thing Northern Cass has, is we're all jumping in and we're all trying these little pockets of innovation or big pockets of innovation, but we also have the people to go to to say, wow, that did not work. What else can we do? Or what else can I try? It's yeah, a great point. The network is, is more important than the device or the mm -hmm. strategy. Very good. Molly. My advice for getting started is my same advice to every person going into education is you don't have to do everything at once. So I teach four different classes right now, and if I walked in our next semester starts on Monday and said, I'm going to change everything I do for every class, I would never get to sleep again, and that would be really stressful. Um, so I always say pick one unit and start there and do something really cool. And then the next year in that class, you pick another unit, and then it slowly builds up to this really cool class where you have all these fun things. 
but you can't do it all at once. Um, so baby steps, take it little by little. Yeah, I mean, you know, from my side, one of the things that frustrates me is when, you know, you were in those meetings and sometimes you said, well, we already do that. Well, we already do that. Uh, and, I, and I want people to, to get to this already. It's like, we do something like that, but boy, we could add that piece to operate more from a growth mindset. I really believe that's the case is we're doing great things. And I don't think anybody in the Innovation Academy that's sitting at those tables aren't doing great things in their classroom. But what is the one little adjustment or piece you can add to make it even more effective to give your kids or learners even more opportunities? So. Uh, What's what final question would be is tell me what you think about Scott McLeod, our presenter. Uh, he's he's an interesting guy, and, and I I mean I've enjoyed our time with him. But I, what do you think about Molly? What do you think about Scott and the way he presents and gives us the material? He is wonderful. Uh, the eight hours you're in there, it goes really really quickly because he constantly has you up and moving. He has really good insight. He asks the hard questions. Um, and I have to actually thank him because over Christmas, one of the other educators in the Innovation Academy from Mandan won one of the prizes, and it was a game called Exploding Kittens. And we played it for a couple hours on Christmas, and it, it was just, it was wonderful. So not only is he a really great presenter, but he has really good games. <laughs> so I do have to thank him next time I see him. And, and we will say we are one of the only schools that hasn't won yet, so we're yeah. hoping that next time maybe we win one of those prizes. How about you, Danielle? Uh, I enjoy Scott and his willingness to step outside of the adult bubble and do some things that we would probably do for our younger learners in school. He hands out cards to group you and he gives you breaks and I know a lot of the adults have asked for let's just go straight through without any breaks and he said it's you know proven that we need those breaks to get up and walk around and move about and so I really appreciate that. And he is just so knowledgeable. And he makes things funny when it's appropriate to be funny and serious when it's meant to be serious. So I've enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, I enjoy him as well. I really appreciate uh, how he teaches the way that he would expect us to teach as well. Uh, he always will start off with a question and lets you do some research, discuss, and you talk with him, you know, us as a team, and then he breaks us out into other um, groups with the entire state so we can have those same conversations which is what you would want in uh, a classroom as well so I really appreciate that and just the information that he's given it's all stuff that I've, I've tried to find a lot of this stuff and now it's all in one spot which is fantastic that we can share out and um, go through with our educators as well if they have questions it's super easy so yeah, I mean, he's obviously extremely well organized and very engaging but I think the one thing I, I really appreciate about Scott is I don't feel guilty when I after he gets done presenting. I don't feel like he's ever telling us you're not doing enough. I think he's saying, here's some things to do just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not what you get from a lot of presenters. Uh, they shame you at times. And, and I always feel like he's validating that every one of you works hard. Every one of you are trying and doing your very best. And here's maybe a few things I can help with you and add to your learner's experience. So just a wonderful experience so far. So I thank all three of you. It's a lot of time out of the classroom, but I do believe the ultimate impact on Northern Cast and the learners is going to be just fantastic. So thank you and have a great day.